What's up, y'all? It's Be Dangerous back again with another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. Oh, man, my shows have been loaded because so much shit has been happening and there's a lot of stuff to cover. But before I get into all of that, please follow me, Be Dangerous, on Instagram and Twitter at TheBeDangerous. Also, follow Dangerous Sports Talk, the page on Facebook as well. And follow this podcast on Spotify and wherever podcasts are available. All right, let's get into it. Excuse me. So we're going to get into some NBA talk first. So the Kings beat the Clippers in a high-scoring game. The highest-scoring game in NBA history, mind you. 176 to 175. So while that's impressive that both teams decided to put up epic numbers like that, it still makes me say, well, just fuck defense, right? Like, neither one of you on the Kings or fucking rent payer side went into this game and decided just to say you know what this is a good game to be like you know what i'm not even gonna guard my man i'm gonna let him go and score and i'm gonna let them go in and score and did you conspire to make history together because those are two of the last things that you would expect to put up numbers like that but the clippers are still somewhat fucking relevant that people want to put them over the lakers listen that's a totally different story but anyway the kings are on the come up the Clippers are still doing whatever the fuck they do, I guess. And they went out there and they scored that many points. Now, from a basketball fan perspective, seeing stuff like that is once in a lifetime. Like, you would only hope to get that once in every every 30 years or so. But to see that game, it was like, oh my gosh. Okay, th- yeah, this is crazy. Also, also speaking of crazy-ass games... That Philadelphia and Boston game last week. I watched the end of the third quarter to the fourth quarter. I didn't even get a chance to watch the first half because I completely forgot that it was on ABC. But I had a chance to watch that game. And it was a hell of a lot better than what I expected it to be. And had Embiid just let that go like a tenth of a second sooner, we would have went into overtime. Because I'm like, when Jason Tatum hit that... Go ahead, three. I'm like, okay, he got it. And then Embiid, he throws the ball from fucking half court, makes the shot. And I'm like, oh, shit. Because I was damn near falling in and out of sleep during that game, but I still watched it. And seeing that, I'm like, dude, really? Like, fucking really? Like, shit is going like this. But then they went back, researched the, um, they watched the fucking, um, Embiid shooting the ball. And... When the clock hit zero, the ball was still in his hand. And, of course, the process fans were devastated, which they should be used to. Because I've heard absolutely nothing but trust the process, trust the process, trust the fucking process. For the last, God, 11, 12 years now, I'm tired of the process. I'm so tired of it because it's like, yo, let's just be honest here. I believe, and I'm sure other people feel this way too, the Philadelphia 76 is only going to go as far as Embiid takes them. Because we know when playoff time comes, the games are more hyped up and they're heightened. The shit that you would have gotten away with in the regular season will not fly in the playoffs. The defense is going to be harder. More calls are going to be a little bit looser. You know what I'm saying? And like Things aren't going to be as easy as it is in the regular season. 
So it's up to Joel Embiid to show up and build his team around him. And if the 76ers come up short again this season, which I'm sure they will, it's going to be another maybe next year, another trust the process year. Like, it's just, it's a lot. It's definitely a lot. And, of course, Boston is doing what they do. I think Jalen Brown had a broken nose or something. And, of course, that little boy, Jason Tatum, does what he does as well. Now, mind you, I'm not supposed to be a fan of any type of Celtics anything with me being a fucking Lakers fan. And that's absolutely blasphemous to anybody who's a sports fan to know the history and the rivalry between the Lakers and the Celtics. I'm not my peers. And also, I don't give a fuck. I really don't give a fuck for real, for real. So I can like a certain player on the team, Celtic or not. And I like the way he plays. And also, he is a Kobe fan. He loves Kobe. So why wouldn't I be a fan of him? Because if he becomes an unrestricted free agent and he decides to go to the Lakers, don't come to me saying shit. Because I was here when he he was in Boston. So please, try your luck with a real one. I always extend the invite for anybody that has something to say to be dangerous to try their luck with a real one, but nobody ever fucking does. Also, also, we had the Bulls whooping Brooklyn's ass by 44 points the other day, and they just beat Washington. And the Lakers won over Golden State for the second time this season and also got a shocking-ass win over the Dallas Mavericks, getting their revenge for that Christmas Day blowout where they had the lead in the first half. Then, of course, Luka was Luka. And pulled the Mavs into a blowout win over the Lakers. And people always have so many excuses when the Lakers win. But had the Mavericks won that game and they just expected the Lakers to spread eagle like I did and just let them win again, that shows like, yo. People really want him to lose. And granted, I'm the last person to ever give a fuck about anything him does. We'll get to him in a second. But while he is on my fucking team, any smoke you got for the Lakers or him trying to help out him, the Rebs trying to do this, the Rebs trying to do that, listen, would it have been the ref's fault if the Mavs won? Would it have been the ref's fault? If Kyrie scored a fucking game winner in his face after he blocked him. But, like I said, any smoke anybody has for the Lakers, I'm right there and I'm already with you. So, believe you me, we can do this all day. And speaking of the Lakers, let somebody is out for X amount of time because of quote-unquote right foot injury. And I seen this coming a mile of fucking way. After he broke that record, suddenly an injury would come up. And he would be out for an extended period of time. Nobody knows when he's going to be back or if he's coming back. But they're supposed to play the Grizzlies again today. And do I expect them to win? No, I don't. Show me something without Lahim. Because it's one thing for you to play when everybody is there. You have your chemistry, blah, blah, blah. 
But when one of your key players is out, this is when you find out what your team is made of. Because they've acquired new pieces in Vanderbilt and Beasley and the other kid they got from Washington. And those new pieces seem to have come to fruition. Like, everybody's doing really well this well this time. But I'm going to need Austin Reeves to step up. I'm going to need AD to stay fucking healthy and not break like the glass that he's made out of. And with all the shit that the um, Grizzlies talked, there shouldn't be any smoke this game. Because there is no Shannon, there is no Lahim. So there's not going to be any any outside interference to really take over the fucking game. So the real question is, are you going to win? And of course, Lahim is laying there with a quote-unquote injury. And people are acting like that's... That just doesn't happen because like, he was supposed to reign forever and ever, I thought. He was never supposed to decline for anybody. But when, <laughs> when shit goes awry and shit hits the fan, that's when he wants to exit stage left. But when things are going well, that's when you want to come up here, show your ass, and salsa all over the damn court. No, 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 no. If the Lakers do well without your ass, keep your ass on the sidelines. Because after you broke that record, the all-time scoring record, okay, whatever, I'm done. That was his attitude. And I knew this was going to happen in the first place. And I know him a lot better than what y'all would think I do. And that's what pisses off a lot of people. Especially Lahee fans. Laker fans, I'm only friends with a certain amount of Laker fans because... They know me. Like, a good amount of the Laker fans that I'm friends with, I've been friends with them for, like, over a decade or so. So they know how I am. Other Laker fans that might not know me will come at me crazy, but then when I come back with some fire and come back with the same energy, suddenly I'm the crazy one. And I've been used to that for for a very long time now. So, life without Lahem, let's go. I had nothing against it. I knew you were going to do this. So, let's get it the fuck on. Oh, 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 oh. This is why I'm glad I have my notes. I would have totally forgot this. During that Dallas game, they came back from a 27-point deficit to win the game, I believe, by two. And this was the largest lead they've had to come back from. Because the last time that they came back from a deficit... It was in 2002. They were down by 30. And they clawed back after Kobe went off. To win that game. And that was also against the Mavs. So hey, that's crazy how things work. And I'm like, look. Had the Lakers lost this game, nobody would have shit to say. But everybody's been real quiet. And giving excuses out the cooch crack. To why Dallas didn't do this or do that. If you can stand 10 toes down with your with your team, I'll damn sure do it with mine and move straight the hell forward. Let's see. Oh, and we also have some wrestling news. So Jeff Hardy evades jail time and his license was suspended for 10 years. I don't know what punishment they gave him in its place, but honestly, I love Jeff Hardy. I do. And I'm afraid that he's slipping back into his deep, dark days that he was in when he left the company, WWE, years ago. And if you have your license suspended from you 
for 10 years, you have a problem. And I know it's not in Jeff's heart to intentionally hurt anybody. It's really not. Because Jeff is genuinely a cool, laid-back guy. You know what I'm saying? But he has his vices. And alcohol seems to be one of them. So the courts are trying to do what they can to protect the people around him and Jeff himself. Because DUI after DUI after DUI is never going to end well. Like, if you got rides everywhere you go to keep that from happening, by all means, do it. But I just want Jeff to really get some help. Because he's too good of a person to go through this shit. And with how judgmental society is and looks down on certain people with certain issues, listen, it's all fun and games. Until someone that you love is in the same situation. And it's easy to say what you would do or what you wouldn't do in a situation because it's not you. This is Jeff. And this is his trials and his tribulations. So let him go through what he's going through. And I really do hope that Jeff gets gets the help that he needs. Let's see. What other wrestling news do we have? Oh, we got a little bit of boxing. And I was so damn happy for this. So a couple days before the fight took place, I seen that Jake Paul was going to fight. He was going to fight somebody named Tommy Fury. And I'm like, shit. Okay. Now, I respect the sport of boxing. I'm not diehard into boxing like my cousins are or whatever the case might be. But anyway, I respect the sport of boxing and I know enough not to be completely fucking ignorant about it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like that with a lot of sports. Like, if I were to get my boxing knowledge up like I am, like I am in basketball, I would be good. Same thing with hockey, baseball, tennis, those sports. But anyway, I was a little bit concerned because I'm like, wait a minute. The name, though, Fury, that seems to be the magic word to be loudmouth-ass boxers. And Jake Paul finally got his ass humbled and lost in a split decision to Tommy Fury. And I know that made a lot of people feel good because dude is from here. He's from Cleveland. Him and his damn annoying ass brother. And it's like, okay, you're good athletes, but the game changes when you fight an actual boxer. Like, you can brawl all day, do all of this. You can box washed up old men past their prime basketball players you can fight all those guys and come out talking all this shit about how you did this how you did that you aren't gonna knock out tommy fury like you were like you did fucking nate robinson like that wasn't gonna happen but the name fury always comes in clutch for when you want a loudmouth motherfucker to lose a boxing match yeah it's not going to end well. Because my boy Tyson Fury beat fucking Deontay Wilder. Twice. And people are still mad about that. And dude, he's another dude that talks all this shit. Then when he loses, there's, there's an excuse to why this didn't happen. Your finger was broken during the fight, so you couldn't throw your main weapon. Honestly, just spare the excuses. Because if you won, we wouldn't you wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. But when you lose, there's always a reason to why this happened or why that happened. No, 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 no. 
Jake Paul, you can take the L. And I hope that Seth Rollins does the same thing to fucking Logan at WrestleMania. Because at some point, something has to give. No streak lasts forever. So I hope the same thing that happened to Jake happens to Logan. And I absolutely say, Seth, you got one job. And that job is to put both of the problem children in timeout. And shut them both the entire fuck up. So please, Seth Rollins, do your job. Curb stop him as many times as you need to to get that win at WrestleMania. Oh, and a little bit more NBA news. Damian Lillard, 29 minutes. It's an amazing feat to see any player with a scoring night like that. However, you've really given your all and you're being loyal to a franchise that's never going to make it past the first or second round of the playoffs. Let's be honest here. The Trailblazers franchise... <coughs> Excuse me. They have not won a title since Bill Walton gave them one in 1977. And there's always been a repetitive pattern with every franchise player that they've had, excluding the Jailblazers. But Bill Walton, after they won, the, won that first and only championship, was lost to injury. And he pretty much hobbled around the league until he found a home with Boston and won the championship there. Okay, great. Sam Bowie, injury prone. Clyde Drexler, he got to the finals twice and you lost to Detroit and Chicago. Who else we got? Who else we got? I'm trying to think here, so just bear with me here. Bear with me. Brandon Roy, I genuinely loved him as a player, but injuries got the best of him. Then you have Greg Oden, injury central. And he won a ring in Miami by doing absolutely nothing. Then Damian Lillard came in to be their savior. Yes, Damian Lillard is your centerpiece. And you build the team around him, but if you constantly depend on him and the pieces around him don't necessarily fit, it's never gonna be a good it's never gonna be a good idea. Because Damian Lillard is a talented player who gets slept on to a degree. Because he stays with Portland, it's not going to take anything away from his skills. But overall, he's going to be kind of slept on because he decided to stay with Portland and not go to a bigger market team. Because if you ask me, he should have left Portland five years ago. But since he wants to do staying with the team that drafted him, like, that's admirable, you know what I'm saying? But if you want to win, you have to go elsewhere because Portland is not going to give you what you need unless they shatter the fuck out of the salary cap. Let's see. I'm looking to see if I got if I to talk about anything else before I get... Oh. And my last point. I didn't even know I was going to have to address this. And it's sports, but it kind of dabbles into the music side a little bit. So let's just get into it. This dude, Carl Crawford, 
I'm thinking this dude is just a janky-ass promoter and record exec who has nothing but rappers that he tries to make a clone out of the biggest moneymaker that he had. And I'm sure that record company is going to go under. Also, I was on Twitter and somebody said, it took me until now to realize that five, like 1501 Carl Crawford and baseball Carl Crawford are the same person. I'm like, what? Wait, wait, wait. What? Like, it kind of threw me for a little bit because you have to remember, B is not into baseball like I am basketball, football, or wrestling. I'm not. I know a little bit, not to be ignorant, I have favorite players, but I'm not into it. So I'm like, wait the fuck a minute. So I go on Google and look up just exactly who the fuck this Carl Crawford dude is. And lo and fucking behold, dude was a baseball player, a whole MLB player. For the Red Sox, the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Los Angeles Dodgers. He had some accolades during his career. He won the Silver Slugger Award. He also won the Golden Glove Award. So you had some relevance there. But you chose to spend your retirement building up a record label. Signing Megan Thee Stallion. Then when shit goes awry and she met with Rock Nation and you got in your feelings, what the fuck did you decide to do? After that Benjamin Button situation, you decided to do all types of stupid fuckboy shit to get under her skin. The company decided not to promote Mega's music and try to fight her on putting out music. Because you were bitter. And everything that you tried to do to her ended up falling absolutely fucking flat. So now that Megan is free from her contract. And he's saying that he is never going to speak on Megan's name again. And how they haven't spoken since 2019. She wanted to renegotiate with your asses. But then after you showed yours... And decided to link up with Tiny Tot just to spite her, knowing that this motherfucker was guilty. It's absolutely sweet to get your karma. Because you're trying to build up these young girls in Erica Banks, who has a damn oldie fans, to keep her afloat because her music ain't doing nothing. Then this other chick, who I don't even remember her name right now, who is now being quote unquote pushed. And he settled out of court because he knew he wasn't going to win shit. You already knew that your back was against the wall and you pretty much had no fucking legs to stand on. So after all the fuckboy shit that you did to Megan, you would rather spend your retirement, damage your reputation in the process, and think you're going to have all types of good luck coming coming for you? No. You seen... That anybody that ever went against Megan always gets their karma. Karma is real. 
And yo karma is about to bite you square in the balls if it's not already. And I have absolutely no sympathy for him. None whatsoever. Because you can bully, berate, and do all this stupid shit online. And slander in somebody's reputation and try to ruin their career. Like, what the fuck do you even get out of that? Like, that just shows you, at his core, that he is a fucked up person. And if you deliberately try to hurt somebody who did absolutely nothing but make you money and make her music at the same time, you deserve every piece of bad shit that happens to you. Because he comes from a very misogynistic point of view. You quick to scream, protect black men, this and this and that. But then when the certain black man in question gets held accountable for his actions and takes his ass to jail, suddenly you want to get scared because you know your ass is on the chopping block next. So honestly, with all of that being said, it is always going to be Fuck Carl Crawford at, for acting like a messy fucking bottom. And he has enough fucking problems. Your baby mama is Evelyn Lozada. That's a joke within itself. So, sir, you could take whatever half-ass apology that you had and shove it square up, square up your ass. Because you did too much shit for any of that shit to be effective. You had a chance to mend fences. You had a chance to make things right. But since you wanted to buy into the social media hoopla and do all this and do all that trolling and shit like you did before, no. No. You can keep that apology in your ass because fuck you. Absolutely fuck you. And he tried to create his nickname, The Perfect Storm. Well, guess what, man? You lived up to your name because now you have The Perfect Storm with two artists who ain't gonna get you shit but bankruptcy. So you know the fuck what? I'm glad Megan is free. And I hope that karma comes to get you. And it's funny because people will be like, you praying on this man's downfall. Look, he had a major hand in trying to contribute to somebody else's downfall. So why the fuck wouldn't I want the same for him? And with that being said, I'm out of here. I already knew I was going to have to go over my usual quote-unquote limit because I was going to have a lot of shit to say and that was going to be the longest rant that I did but hey I wouldn't be, be I would not be be dangerous if I didn't go in on somebody right and on that note I'm out of here and oh one more thing I also seen that on anchor they show you how much how many followers you have and I have 67 followers. And that made me feel good because I didn't know how many followers I had because I'm like, okay, the show is getting listened. So somebody's out there listening. You know what I'm saying? But to all 67 of my followers, I love and thank you guys so much for your constant love and your support for Dangerous Sports Talk. And for me, be dangerous. I didn't want that to go unnoticed. So I thank y'all so much. We're always running up the listens on the shows, always showing love, always sharing, liking, doing what you do. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much. 
and I'm out of here for real. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Be Dangerous. Also, follow Dangerous Sports Talk, the Facebook page, and the podcast on Spotify and wherever podcasts are available. And I'm out of here. Peace.